good morning. Morning, everyone. How Hope are we? Well. Welcome back to Two Peas and a Pod. And some coffee. And some coffee. These little cool cups Thanks, Nello's Nero. brought. Thanks, Narelle. Thank you, Nero. <laughs> uh, we're, we're looking at um, the Bible today, Nello. Got yes, some we questions are. Uh, from the talk on Sunday. And uh, some really, really good questions have actually yeah, come Yeah, looking in. at the nature of the Bible. Yeah. Now, I've noticed, Brian, are, yeah, are you happening? wearing the same top as last week? <laughs> now, I thought I was wearing the same top, but I'm not. Actually, he is. <laughs> the same. Is that your favorite checkered shirt? <laughs> I only got one shirt. I just, I've got the one shirt, but I've got three copies of it. There you go. There you go. There you go. Wow. <laughs> You're brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the question, shall we? Yes, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think these, these questions are pearlers. Um, so here's the question. First question, Alo. Um, what should Christians think about additional books like 2 Maccabees? Yeah. Uh, these are found in, in uh, Roman Catholic Bibles. Yeah. But they're actually not in our Bibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what do you think? So, what most, pe- what most people might know, and we have a little, <laughs> little face Hello. in the background there. Hello, sweetie. <laughs> um, uh what most people mightn't know is that in a Roman Catholic Bible, they have a whole heap of books in between the Old and New Testament. Yeah. Now, the Old and New Testaments, they were kind of pretty well set in stone as being part of the Bible. Mm. But after the Reformation, mm. um, the Roman Catholic Church wanted to add a whole heap of books in between the mm. Old and the New Testament. And they did that for lots and lots of reasons. Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, they are helpful books, they're historical books, but they are not part of the scriptures, they're not inspired by God. And the reason we know that is that every book we have in the New Testament outside the Gospels, right? so Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Mm. uh, so the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and every other book of the New Testament, Mm. references at least once every other book in the Old Testament, uh, right? When you say every other, do you mean... Like Genesis all yeah, the well, way through to yeah, Malachi. Yeah. None of the books in the Apocrypha, which is a section that the Roman Catholics add, yeah. are ever quoted or referenced in the New Testament. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So what, what we're saying is, is that none of the New Testament writers mm. ever looked back on these books, like 2 Maccabees and others, mm. as ever being part of the Old Testament. And so yeah. the Reformers didn't include them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, they're, so they're good historical books, right? Yeah. They add some history. Yeah. Uh, they add some background but they are not part of the word of God yep. that the New Testament authors ever thought of. Yeah. So I guess how we treat them then is... Yep. is historical books, Good but not historical part of books. Good, worth reading. Yeah, so. they're okay. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, look, I don't think you get much out of them. Yeah, yeah. okay. But... But they're not in, they're not the inspired words of God. Not even close. Yeah. 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 And, and that goes for the same for a whole heap of books and letters mm. that were written after the New Testament. So there are mm. letters like um, uh, the Gospel of Thomas yeah, and others. Yeah, yeah. They were never included in the New Testament yeah. because the stuff that they write about um, just doesn't seem to marry up with the books that we know are part of the New Testament. Mm. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we know that they were always part of the New Testament, but then there are these other Gospels and letters, and they just don't seem to marry up with it, and so they were never included. Yeah. 
just just on top of that, yeah, um, sure, mate. With slight different question, but yeah, you um, have this habit of asking <laughs> questions that are never, I like never I sent like to, to me. Questions. <laughs> um, so Jesus, he he quotes, I think in Luke twenty four, I think forty four, um, maybe maybe I'll open up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is after Jesus has um, he's died, he's resurrected. Yeah. Uh, and now he's, he's appeared to his disciples. Yes. And he says, he said to them, so Jesus, um, this is what I told you, uh, disciples, while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses. Yes. The prophets. Yes. And the Psalms. Yes. So when Jesus says that, I guess my question is, the, the law... Yep. Uh, of Moses, the prophets, and Prophet the Psalms. That's all the Old Testament. Yeah, is that so what you're that, saying? So that's a shorthand way yeah, 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 yeah. of, to of referencing that. the Old Testament. Yeah, right? gotcha. So the Old Testament was often broken up into the law or what we would know as a Torah. Torah. Right? Yeah, first so five the books. law, first five books, yeah. then the prophets, yeah. and then the Psalms, or the, or sometimes it'll also say the writings. Right, yeah. Right? Okay. And they're the, kind of the poetic books. Yeah. So that's the Old te- That's Jesus' way of saying the entirety of the, of the Old, Old Testament, Testament is true and it's, it's, it's true God. it's God's word yeah. and the apocrypha of those books that are written yeah, yeah. in between the uh, last kind of kingdom falls in yeah. Malachi yeah. and then John the Baptist coming on the scene which is the beginning of the New Testament yeah. there's that kind of in between period I think it's about 400 years yeah, yeah, yeah. right and no one in the New Testament ever recognizes them as being part of the Old Testament canon. Yeah, okay. Canon, sorry, means a particular... <laughs> boom, stand- right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Canon, yeah, uh, a collection of books. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. That's helpful because I've always wondered, you know, how, how does this work when Jesus says, what does he mean? He's actually talking about the whole, whole of the, of the Old, Old Testament. Testament. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, that's really helpful. No, that's okay, man. Next question. Um, can we be confident uh, that our English Bibles, yeah. so what we have yep. with us, uh, are infallible and inerrant, or is it just the original scriptures, the original manuscripts? Yeah, okay. So there are a couple of technical words in there <laughs> yeah, that are probably helpful to define for, for us that, to yeah. define. Okay. So the first word, which is not there, but yeah. probably worth defining, is inspired. Yeah. Right? So we would say that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Yeah. And what we mean by that is not kind of inspired in the way that Mozart was inspired. Right, mm. and he had these things in his mind, and he wrote them. Right? No, 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 no. Uh, and it's probably helpful to go to two Timothy yeah, three sixteen and seventeen. Do you want to read that for us? I'll, I'll get my copy. All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, and training in righteousness, righteousness. Yeah. so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every, every good, good word. Dude. Yep. Um, so that word um, God, God breathed, breathed yeah. in some translations is inspired. It's been translated as inspired. Yeah. Um, so the New Testament writers, it's not as if they were sitting there and they had, a, or, or any of the writers in the Bible, had these kinds of thoughts, oh, this would be a really good thing to say, <laughs> and then write it down. So it's not inspired in that sense. Yeah. They are the very words of God yeah. given, mm. right? They're God-breathed, mm. right? And uh, they use the character of uh, the author, so you know, some are more historical, some are more medical. Yeah. Um, but when they're writing the words, it isn't just a thought that was inspired, but the words that they wrote down, mm. right, were God breathed. Yeah. So when we talk about that the Bible is inspired, the very words that were written mm. were the words that God wanted them yeah. to write. So it is, it's the very words God wanted them to write, but they're actually 
they're writing it as well, right? Yeah, yeah. It's their so own it's personality. Yes, yeah, so it's through the author. <laughs> yeah, right? so it's through the author. Yeah, yeah it's not as cool. if you know some people. It's not as if the Bible fell out of heaven yeah. and hit them on the head. <laughs> no, no, use their personalities, yeah. but the very words that were written were the words of God. So yeah. that's the first thing. Yeah. Inspired. Yep, yep. The second word that I think our, infallible. Our, our um, questioner asked is infallible. Mm-hmm. So what does that word mean? Mm-hmm. It means that what the Bible teaches is true. Mm. Right, it's not going to fail. It's infallible. Mm. Right, so what it teaches is true. Uh, what it instructs us in is right. Mm. Uh, it is teaching the truth about faith and life. Yeah. Okay, now you can't go to the Bible and and find true teachings about physics. Yeah, right. It's, it wasn't you don't, written. You don't treat it like that. Yeah, it's not treated. It's not. Like it's not, it's not yeah. It doesn't say that there's. It's the only truth about everything, right? Mm. But about what it teaches, it is true. And so in our tradition, mm. uh, we would say that the Bible is the final authority yeah. on faith mm. and life, yeah. right? What we are to believe and how we are to live. And so in that sense, even when it says stuff that we don't like or isn't popular, mm. it's true. Yeah. It's infallible. Yeah. It's infallible. Yeah. And then the last word, yeah. I think, is he said, inerrant. inerrant. That's it. That means it contains no errors. And what that means is, is that not only is in what it's saying truthful, mm. right, but the manuscript itself... The original no, manuscript? The, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> the manuscript itself had no errors in it. Yeah. So no spelling errors, no factual errors about mm. it. Okay? Mm. Inspired, infallible, Inerrant. Now, the question asks: yeah. Great question. Are our are our English Bibles yeah, yeah. infallible? Yeah. Right. Inspired. That's the ESV, isn't it? <laughs> uh, this is Hol- this is Holman. Uh, in- inspired, yeah. infallible, and inerrant, yeah. or is it only the original copies yeah. that are? Yeah. And technically speaking, when we talk about the Bible being inspired, infallible, and inerrant, we're talking about the original copies mm. right uh they were the ones who inspired so for example well, when peter's writing one peter yeah what he's writing is inspired infallible Fallible. and inerrant but he didn't write the copy i've got in my hand that That's came right. off a printing press yeah right so we're referring to the original copies yeah. are inspired infallible sure and inerrant yep and that's for the Old Testament and the New Testament. Which is, yeah. And then, and I guess the question from that then is, yes. that's that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. People copying um, the manuscripts down. But now we have now we have a printing press. Yep. How do I know what I'm holding is... Yeah, is inspired. Yeah. So, let's deal with the Old Testament first. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Now, short answer first, then the long answer, right? Yeah. Our copies are so accurate mm. from the originals, at least as best we can say, that we can say we're holding the Word of God. Mm. Okay? Technically, we're referring to the originals, but our copies uh, are so accurate that we're saying we're holding the Word of God. And you can be confident that what you read here is an accurate translation of the originals. Okay, let's go back and unpack that a little bit. Sure. Right. So if we deal with the Old Testament, a couple of years back, many, many years back now, our copies, our oldest copies from the original. So you don't remember, we don't have any of the originals anymore. Yeah. Okay. So we had an old copy of the Old Testament. Okay. Our oldest copy that we had. Now I can't 
remember the exact <laughs> dates, right? Yeah. And we had it. And lots of scholars went, well, we don't have really, really old copies. That means copies that go way back closer to the original must be full of errors. And that mm. was a kind of common thinking. Yeah, yeah. Until the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And the was Dead that the 40s? Yeah, something like yeah, 40s, 1940s. maybe late 40s, 50s, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the Dead Sea Scrolls were found and they were anywhere up to a 1,000 years older than our oh, oldest copies, yeah. okay? Cool. So the older a copy is, the closer back to the original that's right. you that, get. You can be more confident. You can be hey, more confident. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So there are lots of different books of the Bible that were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, of all the books of the Bible that they found, they found maybe five or six mm. differences between the Dead Sea Scroll copies mm. and our copies, mm. right? So in a thousand years... There were five or six variants or changes, yeah. and almost all of them yeah. had to do with the spelling of words. Yeah. So not doctrinal things. No, nothing just significant. Smaller. Yeah. How spelling. do you spell? How do you spell horse or something? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So what that's telling us is that the copies we had were really, really, really close mm. to these even older copies. Mm. And so what we can say is, is that we've got a pretty good copy mm. of what was originally written. Mm. If there were going to be any 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 kind of variance over the years, you would it would have that. turned up. Yeah. When we get to the New Testament, we have an even more evidence. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, is our oldest Greek copies of the New Testament mm. go back to within one lifetime of Jesus of when the originals were written mm. right so they're really close yeah. and in terms of history yeah. we're kind of saying we're within a lifetime yeah, of right. when that was originally written yeah. okay so we've got really really close copies of the originals and we have a whole yeah. heap more of them yeah that's right and there are no variants at all mm. right when you start to move on, yes, you start to get, you know, copying, copyists, you know, put things in the margins and stuff like that. But in terms of the actual text, the Greek New Testament that we have now, mm. we would be, I would say, 99.99% that what we're holding mm. is what was originally written. Mm. So the Greek copies and the Hebrew copies behind what I'm holding here, mm. we're pretty sure are accurate. Yeah. And so our English copies are based on really really uh accurate mm. copies of the original mm. yeah that's a different question about what english version we should be reading <laughs> but you might want to ask me that that is a great question hey, so, so to answer I mean, the guys to answer the guys yeah, question yeah, yeah. yep uh, i would say with confidence that i have a really accurate copy of the original in my hand and so therefore i'm confident to say that it's inspired it's infallible That's and it's it. inerrant and we can read it with confidence. Yeah. If you want to read it with more confidence, learn Hebrew, learn Greek. But that's why you and I went to college yeah, so right. that when we're preaching, we're working off the copies original. of the original. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So so I guess the, the logical next question is yep. that question around uh, which translation. Uh, at our church, we use, ESV. currently we're using the ESV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I've I've read the NIV. The, yep. There's a Holman. There's there's a stack. Of there's a stack of translations. Yeah. Uh, at what point? And, and and they're all a little bit different. Hey? They are. They are a little bit different. Um, how do we determine what is uh, God's word yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's not? Right. Which determines on uh, kind of our translation that yeah. we use. Yeah. What do, what do you so, 
in the world of kind of English translations, you've got to think of it as a line, right? And at one end, there's Brian's end of the line, and that's really, really literal, right? Almost yeah. word for, for word. word translation. Of the original. Of the, yeah. yeah. And, and if you know another language, you know that sometimes if you translate a joke in Italian, right, <laughs> word for word into English it wouldn't be funny <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make much sense yeah. right because you've got different word orders yeah, and language yeah, yeah. operates different that's right okay so right down one end of the line is a kind of word for word translation and that might be something like the new American standard oh yeah right okay. it's a really really literal mm. word for word translation and when you read it it's a kind of lumpy, <laughs> right? It just doesn't flow very well. I, I thought that was the ESV, but... No, no, it's not, ESV is even... Yeah. Uh, New American Sense even further, even further that right. way. Cool. And then right down this end towards me is what they call a paraphrase. And so yeah. what tends to happen is the translator reads it and goes, hmm, how could I make that more understandable? Mm -hmm. And they kind of paraphrase, they put it in their own words, Yeah. okay? The further towards me you get... The paraphrase, mm. the less reliable the translation. Right. And so what you want to find is an English version that is a good balance between mm. Brian and Nello. Yeah. Right? A good balance between... Literal and paraphrase. A literal yeah, yeah, yeah. and readable. Right. Okay? And I reckon the ESV is really helpful in that it is really quite literal, mm. but still readable. Mm. And then a little bit more towards me would be the NIV. So either ESV, NIV yeah. are, are really helpful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're right. They That's they helpful. balance between literal and readable. Yeah. Um at what point <laughs> mm. this is I don't know if you want. But yeah. at what point would you say, no, no no this is this is too paraphrased. Yeah, this is yeah, not yeah. this is not right. It doesn't smell right. It doesn't feel yeah, right. Yeah, 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 it doesn't feel right. Yeah. So I can probably give you some examples of yeah. uh, translations uh, that I think stop being a translation, <laughs> translating the Greek, yeah. and actually start becoming interpretations, yeah, right? Okay. So, good news Bible, okay. right? And that's way down this end, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. The passion The Bible. passion, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of passion. Well, there's not much passion for truth, right? <laughs> uh, or historical reliability, sure. okay? And even the guy, when he was in the foreword in it, said, you know, he was given visions by God, mm. okay? Um uh, the living version, mm. right? Not to be confused with the new living version, which is actually quite helpful, okay. right? The living version. Uh, so down that end, okay. to say good news, yeah. passion, living version, yeah. youngs, right? Yeah. They're, read, they're, un they're unhelpful, okay. right? Because the guy who's translating them or the committee is translating is really making a whole heap of decisions on your behalf mm. about what the original yeah, means. Yeah, it's about sitting under the word That's as right. opposed to yeah, kind of yeah. imposing it sounds, yeah. it sounds like. Yep. Cool. Um, Shall we go to the next question? Yeah, absolutely. So some, some of these questions have been answered, but hopefully we can deal with it a bit more um, in this podcast. So here we go. God's word has authority yeah. and was written by people who heard from God. Yes. Does that mean that if we hear from God now, yeah. um, outside the Bible, it doesn't have the same authority. Yeah, so that's a great question. Now, listen to the way the question are the questioner asks the question. Yeah. They heard from God, okay. Yeah, yeah. But we've already said that inspiration isn't just that they heard from God. Mm. God gave them mm. the words to speak. Yeah. Okay. So it's not as if you know Luke is sitting there going, "Ooh, I hear something. Maybe I ate." 
too many magic mushrooms or something, right? No, no, no. God gave him the words to speak. He used his yeah. personality, right? So it's different. And he did investigating. And he did investigating the whole heap of things, that, yeah, right? Yeah. So you have the authors of the New Testament being given, being inspired of the word of God. Mm. And that's why it's authoritative, Okay, if you go to Hebrews, for example, it tells us that the church is built upon the apostles, yeah. right, and the prophets. So that apostolic era when the apostles were around is when the New Testament is being written. Mm. Pretty much, last apostle carks it. The end of the new uh, of the New Testament era happens. And the Bible is closed. Yeah. We don't have anyone else mm. who's been inspired. Mm. You and I, while we might think we're hearing things from the Word of God, and I don't deny that God can prompt us, yeah, yeah. it is not of the same authority as yeah. the Scriptures. Yeah. And so anything that I might imagine God is prompting me to, I've always got to go back to that which I know mm. is God's Word and compare it with that. Yeah. Can, can I just apply that for a yeah, second? Yeah, of so, course. So, I mean, I've, I've had a friend... Um, from the Middle East, and he told me how he came to faith. Mm. And he, he, I mean, he said this that um, God came to him in a vision, yeah. in a dream, <laughs> and, and and kind of told him to accept the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And actually, that's how he kind of, as part of his uh, conversion story, that's how no. he, uh, that's how it started. Yeah. yeah. But then he ended up in a church and, and read the scriptures. Yes. Uh, and came to know the Lord Jesus as his Lord and Savior. How, how do I? How would you think about that sort of scenario? Yeah, I've yeah. actually heard that a few times yeah, from people yeah, coming does. from the Middle East. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I wonder if it's because often in those countries, they don't have access to the Word of God. Yeah, that's right. So God wants people to come to faith. Yeah. So it's not beyond Him to give people a vision, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, some people who became followers of Jesus at Bandura yeah. said that they had a vision of a man who was wearing a particular shirt with his sleeves rolled up. Yeah. They came to Bandura and it was exactly like what they saw Neil Chambers preach. So it's not beyond God doing that. So we don't want to box God in. No, but but it's his extra ordinary or extraordinary way of speaking to us. It's not his ordinary way of speaking to us. And his ordinary, reliable, consistent, how I build and mature in my faith is in the word of God. And that's where I would always send people back. So even if you had someone who uh, that happened to them, they're speaking to about it. Bring them to the Word of God. Of course, because you can't build your faith based on a vision. Yeah. Because how do I know it's actually from God? Yeah, yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. 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 That's helpful. Thank you. Yep. Um, You spoke about the intent of the author. Yeah. Uh, Can you explain this a bit more? Are there other ways to read the Bible? Uh, Well, I think you spoke about the intent of the author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in the the author in each book of the Bible has has a purpose. Purpose, yeah. He's right. There's an authorial intent. Yeah. Uh, And so um, just explain this a bit more. Other ways to read that. Yeah. So let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So... When we talk about the author's intent or authorial intent, what we mean is when we're reading the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or even the Old Testament, there is a reason why the Holy Spirit gave that author Mm. the words to write. Yeah. They weren't just random words. Okay. Romans is written for a reason. Mm. 1 Peter is written for a reason. Genesis is written for a reason. Mm. Okay. And the author, more often than not, tells us the reason. So when I'm reading a book of the Bible, I'm reading it and I'm saying, what does 
Mark mean when he writes what he says? Mm. Now, you might think you and I, what's so revolutionary about that? Yeah. Okay. The way people in our day and age, by and large, read mm. is not to ask, what does the author mean? Yeah. But what do you understand? What do you understand, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. this was classically, for me... You told me that... Depicted, was- <laughs> yeah. I was watching Oprah back yeah. in the day when... I, I'm showing my age. <laughs> Oprah used to have... Didn't uh, know you watched so- Oprah. No. I did. <laughs> uh, she used to have a, a book uh, segment, right? Book review once a month, right? And there were these ladies round the table, never any men, but anyway, there was ladies round the table and they had the latest book they were reading together and the author was there. (laughs) And Oprah asked all the ladies, what did you understand by, and I think it might've been a reference to a sunrise, right? What does that mean to you? Okay. And they all went around and said, oh, I meant this to mean, it meant this to me, you know, da, 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 da. Yeah. They all went around that meant something to everybody, okay? No one bothered to ask the author who was sitting there what she meant yeah. when she wrote it. Yeah, that's right. Okay? So do you hear the difference? Yeah, there's a difference. So we, when we read the Bible, we don't go, oh, what does it mean to you? We say, what did the writer mean when he wrote it. And it can't mean one thing to me. for the original yeah, audience right. and another thing for me. It yeah. means what he meant. Yeah. How does it apply to you and to me might be different, yeah. but what it means, is it, what it means. means. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you if you take it as, this is what it means to me, this is what it means to you, yeah. you can go down any oh, path. Oh, yeah. You, right? you, <laughs> the word of God means this to you, but it means this to me, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that is a really unhelpful way of reading in general. Yeah, that's right. right? It's a postmodern way of reading. Right? Uh, and it's a particularly unhelpful way of reading the Bible. Mm. What did God mean when he inspired Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or whoever, right. to write it? Yeah. And then how does that apply to me? I have to understand what it meant. Because yep. what it meant is what it means. Yep. And then how do I apply it yeah. to my day in life yeah, and circumstance? Yeah, yeah. So, so a practical um, thing then is you actually have to read the whole of the book. Yeah. Um, and then as you're reading the sections, right? Because otherwise, I'm just thinking, how do I how do I get the purpose of it? Yeah, that's if right. It's, if it's a long book like Genesis, 50 chapters, how do you yeah. think? How do you think about? Yeah, yeah. That? yeah. So I think a lot of our Bible reading habits aren't great. So one, I prefer people to be reading the Bible than not. <laughs> right? But, yeah. you know, like when we're doing our daily quiet time, if yeah. I just, you know, uh, I, I, what, I need a word from the Lord. Yeah. Uh, I've done that. I, I, I've I, done that before. You know, I, I'm going to read here. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I, I need but, another word from the Lord. Uh, yeah. That's just not how the Bible operates. Yeah. Okay. We need to get into the habit, the discipline of reading books from beginning to end. Mm. And understand how we would read any Any book. book. Start at the beginning of a book, work your way through it, understand the author's intent. Yeah. So it's it's reading it like you would normally read a book, looking at words and phrases and and all that sort of. That's right. Yeah. And we don't trust ourselves. We don't back ourselves enough in that. And it is a spiritual enterprise to do it prayerfully, right? Yeah. That's right. Um, I don't have anything particularly against reading guides. You know where. Uh, an author will say a whole heap of stuff, you know, try and focus your mind on a spiritual truth and then give you a couple of verses. Like, I'd prefer you doing that than nothing. Yeah, yeah. But a more helpful way, if you're going to use a reading guide, 
is something that takes you through a book of the Bible mm. and asks you questions to think through about the text mm. and then how to apply it. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, those devotional books yeah, that yeah, you yeah, get yeah, yeah. where there's a little devotional couple of chapters, it may or may not be connected to the verse, Yeah. right? right. Yeah. It's okay, but it's not great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, great, thanks. Thanks for that, Noah. Um, last question. Yeah, sure. Um, so... 2 Timothy 15 and uh, 16. Yeah. Uh, it's it's referring to that passage. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can have a read. Uh, but are there more purposes to the Bible than, than those two verses? Yeah, so let's read, let's read it again. I'll get you to read it again for me, please. I'm okay. just using a slightly different version. Uh, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, yeah. which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yeah. So the purpose is there yeah. is more than what's there. Yeah. So it's interesting. If you have a look at verse 15, Paul's writing to Timothy, he says, you know that from when you were a little kid, you knew the sacred scriptures. Now, the sacred scriptures or sacred text he's referring to is the Old Testament. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And it had a purpose, which are able to make you wise for salvation so that is the old testament is able to make you smart yeah. right give you the heads up yeah right yeah. about how to get right with god mm. right so that that's one of the purposes yeah. of the old testament right yeah. we'll get to other other purposes yeah, yeah. Right? And, and that's a key purpose that is the key for, purpose for all people because we don't know god I no. <laughs> right yeah. jesus goes and um, make disciples of, of all nations, so people don't know the Lord Jesus. No. So if you want to, if you want people to know Jesus, yeah. right, get them to read their Bible. So the Old Testament makes you smart for how to get right with God. But look at what it says: sure. through faith mm. in Jesus. Mm. So the Old Testament teaches you that you need to put mm. faith yeah. in Jesus yeah. to get right with God. That's interesting, right? right? So yeah. if you're reading the Old Testament and you think it's about obeying commands and rules and regulations, you're reading it yeah. not very wisely, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's always been about faith. Faith in Jesus. In, in the Lord Jesus, okay? So now, but then the other part of its purpose, if you go down to, and I think this is not just the Old Testament, but the entirety of the Bible. And so you want to look for your so that, mm. right? All scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. So you can do all those things. It's more than just knowing how to become a Christian, mm -hmm. but how to grow, how to be trained, how to develop in righteousness. Yeah. Verse 17, so that the person of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good deed. Yeah. So the Bible's twin purpose is, mm. right? Teach you, how to become a Christian yeah. and equip you to live mm. as a Christian. That, and if you're reading the Bible yeah. for any other purpose than knowing how to be saved mm. and knowing how to live as a follower of Jesus, mm. then you're reading it badly. Mm. Now, knowledge of God, I just need to know God better, is crucial to living as a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But they're your twin purposes, right? Yeah. And they're yeah. the only purpose for the scriptures. Yeah. So yeah. I guess the answer to the question then is there are 
that, that those are the purposes. They are the two purposes, purposes of reading the Bible. Yeah. How right? you become a Christian, how you grow as a Christian, how yeah. you live as a Christian. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you're kind of reading your Bible and you're trying to figure out how to develop a new political system, <laughs> right? You're reading it badly. It's not why God gave it to you, mm. right? Mm. Mm. Excellent. All right. Thanks, thanks for the questions, guys. Thanks for the podcast. Thank Hello. you. Thanks for answering the questions, and hope to see you again soon. Yeah, we'll see you next, next week. week. We go we're, next we're week. We're starting <laughs> Exodus. That's right. Next I'm week, to so it. we'll have questions and around Exodus one, yeah. and I will try and wear a different shirt. <laughs> thanks, Nala. I'd appreciate that. No, just Catch ya.